everyone, and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast with Jesse Heater and MJ, where we go back and look at a Netflix original film in the order of release each week. This episode, we are checking out Netflix's 49th film. It's the 2017 psychological horror thriller drama, Gerald's Game, and it's directed by Mike Flanagan and stars Carla Cugino and Bruce Greenwood. Heater! Hello. Hey, boys. <laughs> good to back. be good to be back. Welcome like back. We mate. haven't seen you in a while. I know. I've missed you, boys. Have you enjoyed not seeing us on a regular basis? I have not enjoyed it. It's been awful. Sure, I, I would have much rather be here. We were week. taking it personally. I'm just happy to have you. Oh, thanks, mate. It's good Same. to be back. And I think oh, I've missed this. Oh, I'm hoping that this is a good one for you to be back. I was say, you know what annoys me? I reckon he has gone through <laughs> and he's gone. Just pick the ones I'm that really I busy. Watch. I'm really busy, but you know what? The Stephen King film. Yeah, I'll do that one. <laughs> oh, what was that other one? Reality hashtag Reality High. Oh, I'm just so busy that week. I don't, I I don't felt, think I can watch another teen. Uh, I thought that was a good one to miss. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have heard what you had to say about it. But Heater is going to catch up and watch the films. So. I will absolutely. I haven't watched the ones that I've missed yet but i definitely will be getting on that soon and i yeah we'll make sure to let you guys know my thoughts on them and yeah we'll probably get together and do our um summaries 25 to 50 um we're very close to that we are very close 49 it's crazy all right well we like to start our show with our fast flicks where we go around and give our little summary of the film heater seeing you back all right so one really feels like a bit of an IMDb summary, but... <laughs> Why change it? So, when her husband's sex game goes wrong, a woman finds herself handcuffed to a bed in a remote cabin. She must find a way to survive as she begins to lose her mind. Mm, she does, doesn't she? Definitely. MJ. Handcuffed to the bed after a sex game gone wrong, Jessie battles mental and physical demons as she tries to figure out how to get out of this predicament alive. Good. All right, I've said... You got Jessie. After a sexual fantasy goes wrong, a woman is isolated and trapped by a bed and her memories. Trapped by a bed. That damn bed! Hmm. Have I missed any questions in Jesse's fast flicks the last few weeks? I can't remember. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, you're going to have to get over that. It's just not that big a deal. I I love his questions. I was hoping to get one here. Uh, well, good to have you back, Ada. So, give us some info that you know about this uh, film. This is w- without you. The- we should. Oh, no, I, I haven't got anything. You guys go. <laughs> no, well, I, I was hoping you you would tell me more because obviously it's um, you know a lot more about Stephen King to me. Obviously, so that's I just I'm, know I'm it's based on a Stephen King kind so of book. Stephen King, if if our listeners don't know, Jesse is a very big Stephen King fan. So yeah. okay. I'm big, I, but I'm not. I don't. Uh, I don't quite hit your levels. But well, no, he's an excellent author. Very easy well, to read. This is one of his books. I have. I've read a lot of Stephen King, but I haven't read this one. Yep. Um, it's a short one. I think it's only three hundred and something pages. Yep. So compared to some of his books, it's it's on the smaller side. Nineteen ninety two. I think it was released. The book. It's interesting that no one's touched it until now. Yeah. I, no, no, no. Not that I know of. But uh, yeah, it's. It's interesting too, like, I don't know whether only because of recently or like in the 90s, this would probably be a hard one to adapt. So what I read somewhere saying it was kind of always thought for a while to be like an unmakeable movie. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. Like, uh, you, you can totally understand. One of my, probably jumping ahead a bit, one of my biggest fears early on was when... Um, before we get to it, we might do some spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, spoilers in this podcast. Spoilers, so if you haven't seen Gerald's game and you'd like to watch it, uh, do so before listening to this. But when um, Gerald first dies and she's handcuffed, I'm like, 
oh, it's, it's happening already. Yeah. And there's like, like an hour and a half to in, go. Yeah. Like, and that was my thing. Like, how are we going to be filling the screen for, mm. for all that yeah. time? So I can imagine as a book, you can really deep, uh, sorry, dig deep into what's going on in her mind and, and what's actually happening around her and blurring the lines of reality. Probably a lot harder to do on the screen. Yeah, mm. massively. In France, this film is called Jessie. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it's her. It's her story. Yeah, interesting. So, I guess yeah. Internationally, things get titles changes, but yeah. So instead of from Gerald's game, Gerald's game is a good title though. I think I'm, Gerald's I'm, game I'm a real is a big fan of that yeah. because even without the title. context of what's happening, it just seems like a good kind of horror little title, yeah. like Gerald's game. And throughout the film, like it is his game. Absolutely, her, that's the mind. thing. Yeah. And yeah. then as soon as you see what's happening, you go, "Oh, okay, this mm. is this is what." No, I'm a big fan of that title. Yeah. MJ, have you got anything? Uh, look, I had, look, Mike, uh, Mike Flanagan, the director, yep. is interestingly directing Doctor Sleep. Yeah, which um, has just come out um, recently. Yeah, exactly. So um, that seems to be this, the only other Stephen King link that he has, but he does have a horror link with um, the creator of Haunting of Hill House, which is a TV series that I haven't seen. Mm. but um, Has good raps on Netflix. Yeah, and it's been mm. renewed for another season, yep. so... Doing a bit, and then Oculus and one of the Ouija movies. Yeah, so no, this sure. is kind of right down his, uh, right down his alley. Um, Notice he had a lot of editing credits in the film. Yeah, in, no, in like TV oh, and sorry, film. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. director. Yeah, but this was his eighth feature. So compared to a lot of the films we've looked at, um, he's got a few in the bank few, compared yeah. to some others that we've seen. Yeah, and this uh, without knowing anything around how much Netflix spent or anything like that, because we don't have that detail. This would have been a big venture for Netflix, um, and you can tell by the amount of people who have watched it that this is bigger than your average Netflix film. And if they're trying to get in uh, a type of fan that may not have been on Netflix originally, this is a good way to do it. So um, I can understand why this is everything's a bit more mainstream here, and two pretty decent name actors as well. So yeah. They, so it was filmed between the 17th of October 2016 and the 13th of November. So a bit under a month um, of filming, which is quite interesting considering realistically this film had two locations. <coughs> Didn't really break yeah. from the bedroom or the pier. Yeah. This would be a brutal shoot though. Sure would have. Yeah. yeah. Sure would have. Um, so there's a couple of other Stephen King sort of references as well. Like in the film, there's um, there's a scene where Jesse talks about being in a well and she's describing this dream as uh, the eclipse is happening, and um, it's from um, Dolores Claiborne. I don't know if you've read. I hadn't read. I, haven't I, read did, yet. I did see the references. Yeah, so right, um, it's from the nineteen ninety two novel of the same name, and the, these two, from what I know, I think King was planning on publishing that and this in the one okay. sort of collection because they're both about um, men yeah, not being very good towards women, <laughs> <laughs> predatory kind of yeah. creatures. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the the beer. The, the, I got a bit of a product placement. So there's a beer Ooh. in the film, um, <clears throat> and it was from the Fairhope Brewery in um, Alabama. So it's located quite close to where the film was shot. So I was like, oh, good beer reference. And where was there a beer? It must have been early on. What's the beer reference? The dad was having a beer. Ah, oh, yeah. okay. In the flashback. Ah, uh, yeah. Flashback. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, other thing I had was at the start of the movie, like, and I didn't pick up on this until I read it and thought about it afterwards. It, when they're driving towards this holiday house at the start. Mm. And they've got that radio news report, and it actually mentions that Moonlight Man about his crimes and grave yeah, robbing. I, I didn't, that I didn't I click until like, after. Yeah. I was like, uh, did, they wouldn't have mentioned him as the Moonlight Man, though, did they? No, they just called the, the, the grave robbers, which obviously you make that yeah. connection to who he was. I'm looking forward to talking about him a little bit more yeah, later on. Yeah, I think he's probably someone I'd like to discuss. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, one of the, I mean, this was this was a really 
really good performance from from Carla Gugino. Is that is that pronounced? Gugino. Gugino. Gugino? Oh, yeah, Gugino sounds really Aussie and Aussie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carla. But I just I couldn't not think about um, how much dress she would have been under filming it, and then mm. you obviously take into account that she is technically two characters because mm, yeah. Jesse is in the bed and then yeah, just Jesse too. too. <laughs> yeah. um, so there was another actress basically who played Jesse too the entire time. So when um, Carla was on the bed, then this other girl was off the bed. And then, so what I think what would happen is that Carla liked to do the Jesse two material in the morning. So when she was fresh, mm. um, which probably makes sense, her yeah. makeup was, was proper yeah. and everything like yeah. that. And then, She'd do a changeover in the back half of the day, handcuff herself to the bed, which obviously would have been exhausting and really, really difficult for her to track both arcs mm, of those characters yeah. together. Despite it being the same person, um, it would have been really difficult. But I just love the fact that there is basically an uncredited person in this film who would have been there for almost every scene. Yeah, <laughs> and just like standing in. Hey, so what did you do for the last month? Yeah. Oh, I just filmed this film. Oh, yeah, were you my, my main characters? Yeah, I was. And they go watch it. It's like, you're not in it. It's like, no, no, no. I was like a body double. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, We're standing there, though. But I do want to... Her name was Kimberly Batista. I found it in interview oh, okay. with Mike Flanagan. Yeah. And like, you know, credit where credit's Yeah, <laughs> credit. Well done for your work on this film as well. <laughs> I guess you were talking a little bit prior about the amount of people that have seen this. So when you look at, I guess, online and the consensus online... IMDb is probably the, the biggest amount of people that you could see that had seen it. And this is pretty big for one of the Netflix films that we've looked at. This is 70,000 people yeah. have, have reviewed well, it or rated yeah, it rated on it, IMDb. Yeah. And huge for yeah. us. And that's probably almost the most or second most out of the films yeah. that we've done from yeah. this day. 6.6 out of 10 was the audience Great rating. Score. Really good score. Which is pretty mm. big. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it had a 91% from the critics yeah. on 75 wow, really? reviews. 91. And then the audience was 72 on... 3,300. It's a very okay. good scores. See Letterboxd? Letterboxd is 3.3 out of 5. So exactly what, exactly IMDb what IMDb was. Yeah. Yeah. And still just under 40,000 mm. uh, people. Had, Again, had huge for the so. films we've done yeah. on Letterboxd. Yeah, I didn't realise the size of this film when, when I started watching it, to, mm. to be frank. This is another one of those ones where I was like, as soon as it was released, I was like, ah, oh, Stephen King film, want to get on board, watch it. And it just sat there in that queue again. Yeah. And I, I just haven't watched it. I would, it would be so common for so many of these films that we do because at the end of the day, when when you know a film's on Netflix, you always kind of think how long it's going to be on Netflix for. When you've got a Netflix original film, yeah, you know, it's not you know, going it's anywhere. Exactly, yeah. Whenever you want Those it, it's going to be there. come off and go and you're like, oh, I better watch this one before it goes. That's the beauty of Netflix building its catalogue. Yeah. Like, they might not want to buy films ever again. They yeah. just want to they might their just own. have their own. Everyone else is doing it, so. And Netflix, they... They played this a couple of little festivals beforehand to sort of build up a little bit of hype. Uh, so 19th of September they in 2017, they played it at the BFI South Bank and then at the Fantastic Fest a week later before it hit Netflix on the 29th of September. So had a couple <coughs> of screenings where the, the reviews could leak a little bit. So people yeah. may be like, oh, okay, someone's seen this. They said it's all right. Yeah. Let's get on and watch it, which is good. It's an interesting, it's interesting doing this two years later as well. Mm. And... I feel like now every time Netflix releases a film, I'm just so aware of it because I'm on Netflix all the time, right? Yeah, and that's yeah. the best way that they can yeah. they can advertise their own products. But back back then, to be honest, two years ago, I probably would have just got Netflix maybe. Like it wasn't a case of just being such a normal behavior for me yeah. to be on Netflix. So. No, I agree. I probably, yeah. I'm not even sure I would have, I would have had it two years ago. Yeah. It won a couple of awards. 
Do tell. Uh, so at the Fright Meter Awards, um, Carla Cugino um, won Best Actress, and the film was also nominated for Best Director, Screenplay, and Editing. And then again at the iHorror Awards, she won Best Actress. And then the the child version of Jess, um, played by Chiara Aluria, um, she won two awards as well for like a Young Performer Award at mm. um, a couple of awards too. It's, an, it's interesting you bring that up because it didn't feel like a straight horror. And it wasn't a straight horror. No. But it certainly wasn't the film that I expected it to be, knowing nothing about it, knowing that it was a Stephen King film that was marketed as a horror. I was watching this film and... Have you got any more? I'm, probably, I'm going into my general thoughts now. All right, let's do it. Early thoughts. It felt, what, <laughs> tell us your early thoughts. <laughs> it felt, what do you, it felt what do you seamless, <laughs> but I didn't want to... Go um, for it, go. But that's, that's kind of what I mean. Like, I think if I watched this film again with different lens on, I'd enjoy it more than I actually did. So I think my expectations are really high. I'm a huge horror fan. A lot of the films and books that I've read of Stephen King really interest me. are really up my alley. I know he's a clever writer and I was expecting the, the cleverness in this screenplay basically mm. to be there and it was. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't quite, it didn't floor me. I, I wasn't frightened at, at any stage. Um, I got a little bit mixed up between the flashbacks only because whilst it was a really important character arc and character story, that what was interesting me was what was happening here and now and how she was going to get out of that. Okay. And that plot felt too secondary for me and I, I kept being like this is all well and good but how the hell is she getting out of this mm-hmm. um, so there's, there's a, and, and I'll probably get into more later there's just a whole few things that, that left me a little bit I don't know uh, it, it left me wanting for more and I'm really hopeful that both of you guys really liked the film because it's going to make me want to <laughs> watch it again watch it again because yeah. yeah. I've read a bit about it and like the consensus is, is awesome and, and people throwing it out like this is the best Stephen King adaptation that we've ever seen and wow. I'm like I just I wasn't quite there okay Peter I had no idea this was a horror film going in so like I had not <laughs> okay. especially because like obviously I wasn't here last week when Jesse gives his thing about oh, it's a horror <laughs> film I, I, I went into this movie had no idea it was a horror I kind of assumed it might be a thriller I didn't realize, until, uh, it, didn't realize it was a horror until afterwards when I'm looking at the classification like, yeah I was not scared at all like there was a couple times where I'm like oh I hope like the dog doesn't like start eating her kind of like a cabin fever kind of thing yeah. there but yeah no I didn't feel scared at all I thought, yeah, kind of thought no it's a, it's a thriller and I'm okay with not thing. being scared. I just yeah. don't even think there were yeah, horror elements, I, 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 which is fine as well. It's, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, it's fine, but I, I just kind of, yeah, I, I'm more afterwards, I'm like, oh, this movie was a horror movie? Mm-hmm. I don't really think that fits into the horror genre. I watched a different movie than I thought I was going to watch. That's yeah, kind okay. of my point. Yeah. So is that based on your prior knowledge of King and you think it's going to be like a horror, horror, blood and gore? Or? No, I wasn't, ex- I wasn't necessarily. I was expecting... So this is, this is one thing that was that I think... I would have enjoyed as a viewer is if we felt the threat of the moonlight man being a proper threat in the here and now. So whilst it made for a quite a nice little twist when it's like, Oh crap, he was real. If I had have known that he was real and was coming at night time, I would have been like, something's going to happen here. And I'm actually generally worried for it. I was just thinking okay. her mind's yeah. playing tricks on her and this is all well and good, but yeah. you know, let's get yourself out of there and get your, get your head straight. I, for what, not one second did I think he was real, mm-hmm. which, which meant that little yeah. twist was cool, but it wasn't as satisfying as, as a twist could have been. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, like let's, let's hear it kind yep. of thing. Okay. Yeah. That's um, interesting. But I, I would have liked to have felt some genuine fear for her to get out of this situation. Okay. 
But again, like the yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got, I've got the movie. I'm like, making a different film by yeah, doing exactly, that. I, I yeah. get it, and that's why I kind of want to watch it again and go. Let's yeah. just because it's it's a really good character piece. Yeah, that's and that's what I probably exactly, missed yeah. out on a little bit. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, and I still didn't. I've mind got it. other issues with that Moonlight Man, but oh, I'll probably save yeah, that yeah. for later. That's like, that's fine. Yeah. What, you, no, you can keep going. Like, what were you? What you thought? What are your thoughts? Well, I just didn't like. I, 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 I thought this movie was pretty good. Yeah. Up until kind of the last ten minutes, yeah. I didn't like the ending at all. I, I mean, I'm probably bored <laughs> no. now. Going into scenes when they kind of said how like, oh, you know, he's he's the grave robber and all this kind of thing. I was like, oh, that's really disappointing. I was really hoping that he. The, I, I enjoyed it more when he was like her vision of death <laughs> or the Grim Reaper. I much preferred that kind of thing. And then when you realize, oh no, the guy was real. I was like, oh, I, I'm not too sure I like that. I, yeah, I, I kind of liked it because she was having all these warped visions. She was losing her mind, seeing herself and her husband. I liked the fact that she was seeing like a Grim Reaper or her death. And yeah, th- then that being real, the last 10 minutes, I was like, oh, that's really put a sour note on the movie for me. Mm. Yep. That mm. seemed to be the consensus of the book as well. I, yeah, I you, I agree with you, that. You agree as well. with that? Yeah, I, the yeah the Moonlight Man towards the end, I think almost didn't like. I get they're trying to be faithful to the book, but you could almost have cut him out, and you would have had a really good finish. Yeah. So, so this yeah. is what I can gather: is that that was a really jarring aspect of the book. People loved it. People hated it. It either ruined it mm. or it didn't. Yeah. The, the last courtroom scene didn't feel like we we're watching the same movie as well I thought it was like really I, different like uh, yeah I, I get there's a couple of really good images and imagery and, yeah. and yeah, that was towards powerful. the end which that was pretty really powerful, powerful and yeah. I get like so at the end I get that but yeah, yeah it, nah. it did felt different I would have ju- I, I would have much preferred to still believe that that was just her her, 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 her vision of, of death so it's interesting it. it's interesting because I I got that jarring aspect of it when they were doing I'm like okay what, what are we doing here why are we doing like a you know writing a letter to yourself and, and, and but I didn't I didn't mind it as much it still didn't like the, the twist right didn't didn't do that much for me but didn't bother me either way maybe I wasn't invested enough in her story yeah because okay. if she had just got out mm. and you know, like ripped her hand off or whatever and, and walked out and crashed the car and alright thanks for coming end of story I, I would have been left Probably more dissatisfied. Yeah. And yeah. it's a hard one. But and what did you think of the film, well, Like, you've mentioned a couple of times, too, like, the the twist. And I didn't even... I know. And I twist, I, I'm not even it, calling yeah. it a twist, yeah. but I'm calling it... This is a major yeah. plot point that I didn't see coming. Yeah. And I didn't see it coming, right? I didn't think he was real. And yeah. I had no reason to think he was real. Me neither. Yeah. And when he did, I was like, oh, okay, how are you going to explain this one to me? And they spent 10 minutes explaining it to us. And I was like, okay, whatever. But... Uh, yeah. And mate, thinking about it, it's like, you know, was that whole... Was she so mentally traumatized from those whole events that that whole grave robbing dude was just all a figment of her imagination in the end anyway? And it was just her trying oh, to deal okay. with the whole thing. The whole, like that whole end bit was just her trying to deal <clears> with <throat> these men that had, and that was her letting go, it was like through this imaginary mm. criminal. I don't think so. But then you got like the wedding ring that wasn't found. Yeah, that's like the one bit of tangible evidence yeah, that they keep hiding. That is like it to. was him because yeah. they never found the wedding ring. But maybe like you talk about, it was death. It was death at the door, and mm. it's a king. It's a horror film, so that was death. And this guy, because realistically, there's no one that looks like that guy looked like in that courtroom at the end. That's that's the real guy. Yeah, I know, I know. But you think about who suffers from that disease. Yeah. I'm, oh, okay. Yeah, he no, does. No, no. Well, yeah. I was going to say. Like, <laughs> no. Okay. Well, all right. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, but I only found yeah. that from reading it afterwards. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I, I, I found this engaging and I'm not going to use the word horror. I'm going to use horrifying 
because it was horrifying in a non jump scare way too. For sure, yeah, yeah horrifying. It's, it's fine so, mm. so yeah, the the situation she was in to me was horrifying. The anguish, her, I yeah. get, yeah, and, and I'm all for that. Counting what's happened to her in her life to me, yeah, that's what I find yeah. found horrifying about it. Yeah, it was just a like a god awful situation to be in, right? Like, yeah. what a great way to start a story. You are handcuffed to yeah. a bed, ten in minutes middle, in, in the middle of nowhere, know, yeah, and you just have no way of getting out of here. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about some characters that we haven't really spoken about. I guess. Well, yeah. I look. I think there's really only two to talk about. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Sorry. We can go flashback. The thing that I wanted to really, like, actually, before I go, well, let's talk about Jesse first because we can talk about Jesse pretty freely. Um, I initially really struggled with her, and in fact, I don't think that necessarily changed. I I, I kind of had an issue with her passiveness. Um, that. Even, and sorry, an issue with her, I thought the character was well thought out and I thought the acting was great. Mm. But in terms of if I could really engage with her, her her passiveness annoyed me. And that sort of whole manifestation of herself in her mind was like, this is the Jessie that you want to be, right? Yeah, this is, I agree. But then I'm like, well, it's part of her anyway, right? Yeah. Because it's it's in her mind. So, yeah, I don't know. At, at the start, so kind of like before the husband dies, it just kind of felt like to me, it was like, why are you even here? Like, why are you with him? Why have you come away on this? Like, obviously you're trying to save the marriage, but she just seemed like so submissive to him. And it's kind of like, like... That's what you learn It feels like you don't want to be here. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you, I feel like you do, as the film goes on, you understand why she's like that. I do. Very yeah. massively. That's what I mean. It's like, it's more of a character study yeah. than anything else. But I like the the imagery of her basically being handcuffed her entire life. Mm. Like, yes, this was happening right now, but this has always been happening. Um, And that was quite clever. And that was obviously a huge part of, we are going to set up this character who is literally handcuffed and can't move. And that's why she's she's been. Exactly. Mm. And Um, like, yeah, she she was massively broken, massively broken. And, and that all comes from trauma. And it's one of the, yeah, that, that's how I, yeah. And whilst this is a character chat, I, I just want to stress again how phenomenal that performance was. Like, oh, she was fantastic. It's a dual role. Fantastic. She's basically carrying the film yeah. on her own, doing it without the luxury of being able to move her arms or walk around. Yeah. And then it's compounded by probably real mm. physical duress that she would have been under. Yeah, absolutely. Big tick. I can understand why it's called Jesse in Germany, in France. 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 Yeah, well yeah. done. Yeah. I like that. She would, yeah, she, she was fantastic. Really, right. really good. What about Gerald? Well, any other character, right? We've, we've got like eight minutes of Gerald to talk about and everything else we see of him is a manifestation Gerald of her mind. And whilst you want to assume that's just a true to how he was and how he was uh, in when he was alive, you're, you're only seeing how Jesse sees him or how Jesse thinks he would react. And I just want to, you just got to keep that in the back of your mind every time something happens. And it's same with when she's recounting the, the memories of her father, like, I guess we have no real reason to dispute it, but you just need to remember this is all her. Yeah. The way she True. saw the story yeah. happening. Um, I just, yeah, they just set him up as a jerk. He was really a dick. Quick, really he was quickly. a dick, yeah. Um, Pretty much straight away. They just tried really hard to be like, hey, mm. we don't like this guy, by the way. Yeah. I think we don't like this guy. Yeah. And Absolutely. With Jessie, though, so when you see her when she's not having the the illusions or whatever they are, so it's a completely different character. Whereas with him, I feel like his character was the same in both. And even though yeah. when he's alive, it's not necessarily from her point of view. So you still get that point of like, so even though the point of view when he's dead and he's, he's there, 
it doesn't change. Like he's, he's sadistic from the start. Like mm. he says to her, daddy gets what he wants. And yeah. when she asks multiple times, stop, 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 he doesn't stop. So it, to me, it wasn't like, yeah, that he was the same character throughout and yeah, it sure. didn't really yeah. matter that. Yeah, absolutely. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just wonder how. I mean, yeah. sorry, you don't wonder how because they kind of explain how she ends up in a situation like that because that's all she knows, right? Yep. Yeah. It still bothered me at the start when I'm like, he's way too old for her. Oh my God, I've got this here. So the casting. But I know that was deliberate. Oh yeah. So Bruce Green was 15 years older than him and I reckon, than than Carla, I reckon he looks more than that. (laughs) When he's over her on the bed, I'm like, this is just creepy. (laughs) This is, there is too much of an age difference and you look a lot older than you are or uh, probably Carla probably looks very young. Probably she looks very young for age, but I was just really uncomfortable. Like when he's like over her and saying these things, I'm like, nah, this age difference is just freaking. I IMDb that really early. Yeah. I was like, what year were you born? What year were you born? <laughs> yeah. like Fifteen years. But that was they kind of reference that later on. Like he says yeah. something like, you know, that's why you went for an older man. Yeah. Take care of you and. Yeah, that, I, that's, I, I just found that really yeah. weird. I guess a good segue, and just I just wanted to mention her dad. Because he was just as sadistic as Gerald. Yeah. It was the same. It was the same. And I I liked, there was a line. It was like, um, he put you in handcuffs way before Gerald did. Yeah, right. I just Mm liked that segue that she's been handcuffed by these men her whole life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's the story, right? And that's not the story I was expecting to see. And I just, I I kind of, I let myself, and it's it's on me. Like I let myself not be able to take it in the way I should have. Uh, the acting performance, I think we've all pretty much said that they were pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I found Bruce Greenwood really creepy. Yeah. It's a rough yeah. role to play. Creepy as hell. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, and well done to the other lady who wasn't in the film. She wasn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great performance. What about the, surely there was a dead body stunt double for, um, Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> They're really in the same, like he's kind of just like standing up. Over. Yeah. All right. Well, should we talk about some scenes? Let's do it. All right. What stood out for you? MJ, I want to start with you. Um, the main things for me were a couple of a couple of really good lines and, and, and a nice, basically a really nice monologue from Gerald at one point talking about um, being alone in the dark and being afraid in the dark. Mm-hmm. And I found that really relatable. Mm-hmm. And he sort of talked about how, you know, people are safe in the dark or people are sorry. People are safe in the daylight, or they're safe in the dark because they're normally with other people. But you know, when you're alone in the dark and you're a woman, you're alone, and the doors are open, and anything can happen to you. And the idea of and this is obviously all in her mind, right? That's what I like mm. about it because she's thinking so irrationally, and yeah. as you would in that situation. And he sort of says things like, um, "Is it that inconceivable to think that someone might have died of fear? Like the the moon yeah. man comes over you and your heart just stops, or like." Yeah. That was something that I'd be like, I would go through the exact same kind of fear turmoil if I was in your situation. And I just really liked that scene. It was it was awesome. I don't know if you remember it, but it was awesome. <laughs> no, yeah, I remember it was good. Um, and then he's got another one about her upcoming death where he's basically just saying, you're going to die and this is how mm. you're going to die and this is how they're going to find you. And yeah. I just really like those things because you've got to remember every time that's happening, that's her talking to herself. Through that, through Gerald, but yeah. it's her. It's that, her that rant he went, it, it was it kept going and going. Mm. I was like, Whoa. this is how messed up yeah. she is. Um, the final scene that I liked, which I know is is controversial, I did I did enjoy it when she was face to face with the Moonlight Man in the courthouse. It was really powerful to me. Um, and whilst I wasn't necessarily on board with the direction of it, 
him turning around and you seeing him for the first time properly and him saying, uh, you're not real, you're made of moonlight, which just confirmed the fact that that's what, that's, it's, it's what happened because mm-hmm. that's what she said to him. And, mm-hmm. um, and then she says, you know, you're a lot smaller than you were in real life. And that was like her full circle. And then she sees her dad and she sees her husband mm-hmm. flash through and that's her breakaway, breaking away from, from the shackles that men have had in her whole life. I thought that was just an incredibly powerful scene and the imagery of seeing him and seeing him lift his arms up. And, um, yeah, that was really strong for me. I enjoyed it. Cool. Peter? Um, I really like the scene of her getting the glass of water off the top of the shelf, the whole kind of situation of her moving it along and almost falling on her, moving it down, then working out the straw, that whole kind of working out how to drink. Re- really enjoyed that. I'm glad you brought that up. I have a question about this, and I probably needed to rewatch it before I asked it. Mm-hmm. I swear that Gerald bought that glass of water across in her mind. No, he was after he took the Viagra and then put it over. But I thought that happened, unless that was like a memory of him doing that, because that happened, and then she and she's like, "Oh, the water," and she grabbed it, and I'm like, "That was like the ghost Gerald that put, that grabbed it across." Uh, I'm not sure. Again, I need to watch it as soon as it happened. Yeah. I'm like, because I saw her reaching for it, and my head was like, "Oh, this is not going to be. It's not going to be there because because he's like sort of walking around talking to her, yeah, and then he has a drink, he puts it above her, and then she grabbed it, and I was like, "Hang on." So but I got to yeah, watch that I guess again. it must have ha- already have to have been there. Yeah, of course it. I mean, it has to have been. But yeah, I, I don't remember that now that you speak about it. I just have this memory, like he, because he went into the bathroom, took the pill, came back out, put the glass on. Was she in the room? I don't know. No, you're making me think about it. Now. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. Re- I'm gonna. I should have rewatched yeah, it before I brought it up. She was on the bed. Yeah, like while he was getting ready, kind of. She was right. Yeah. yeah. So she had not, to not handcuffed at that time. Not not handcuffed. No. Hmm. All right. What else? Uh, um, when she slits her wrists and escapes the handcuff, loved it. God, that was so gross and bad, but it was just, I couldn't keep my eyes away. I was like, this is awesome. I thought, like, I thought it was excruciating to watch, but yeah, at the same time, like, it was yeah. so good. And then like, like almost like ripping her hand off. I was like, oh, this is so sick. The sound in that scene yeah. was so intense. Yeah. Cause there's like no, no music soundtrack, in yeah. this film. There's like no the film, yeah. Like, and, and this, the mm. sound was so loud yeah. and it was so like defined and like yeah. the squishing oh. of like. <laughs> And so that's the thing. I, I did struggle watching that and even yeah. turning away, like you couldn't escape. Yeah, because like, the sound, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I know exactly. Uh, I, I love that scene. It was just sick and gross and all like, this is awesome. <laughs> it was one of the more difficult things I've watched in a long yeah, time. Yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely Apparently bad. in the book, yeah. that scene is even worse to really? read. And oh. he, and he, Mark Flanagan made a point of being like, I tried to do it justice, but like you just can't do yeah. it justice. Oh, He's like, when I was reading it, I had to put it down. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I just imagine as well, like how into detail we describe it. But nah, I, I, I did in, enjoy in a really the, sick way. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed being like, how is she getting out of here? Yeah, I just kept like, just working out what's going to happen. Um, I, I did see a review somewhere where someone just being a smartass is being like, why didn't you just say, hey Siri? Like the phone next to it, and just. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's classic. <laughs> Sorry, just went off. Sorry, Siri, false alarm. But why did why didn't you just say that to the phone next to it? And I was like, I, I, I didn't even think about that during the movie. That's why, and I'm like, nah, mate. Stop, stop, stop there, you just answered your own question because yeah. we both got our phones here, and your voice yeah. didn't go off to our things. So also, yeah. book was written in 1992. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But it would need his voice. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. It was his phone, was it? 
Yeah, yeah, because oh, yeah, he said phone. my was battery's phone, dead. Yeah. And neither of our phones just went off then when yeah. Peter did it. So <laughs> mine did. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's not it's not uh, necessarily plugged to your voice though. I've had a, I've had my phone go off before to other people saying saying it. But yeah, that's don't worry about that one. Cool. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just, just just in general, I just really enjoyed just her talking to like the the vision of her of her husband and herself and w- when they were kind of. Like when they were both there and they were interacting and he'd say something and she, and then her, her vision of her would be like, no, don't think like that. Don't listen to him. Let's do this. I just really enjoyed kind of her going mad and speaking to her visions. Mm. But just, yeah, liked all it's that. It's really well done. Yeah. Mm. Going mad indeed. Uh, I, I, I liked the opening scene with the packing of the bags with like these transitions and it was like fading out. And then there's this emphasis on the last one with these handcuffs mm. going on. Sort of set the scene of, okay, like, I knew what the film was about. More and, than it seems. And I guess, like, you spoke earlier, like, I knew that this film was about someone tied to a bed. So I knew that there had to be some sort of explanation. So, I'm, yeah, so I, I liked that. And then that follow-up with the car scene where she's sitting, or he's driving or whatever, and he's trying to grab her dress. Yeah. And yeah. And then there's that focus on that dog in the rear view mirror, mirror and it's just like, okay, there's a couple of things here that are a bit sus, and it sort mm-hmm. of set it up really nicely for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, straight up too, you see, you've seen these things and you're like, oh, this guy's a little bit weird, but then you see her (laughs) feed the dog and she's sitting there and she's like, yeah, you know, it's really expensive. She's got no expensive, expensive but she's got such a good heart. She's like, that dog's hungry. I need a food. And Mm -hmm. that probably, she wouldn't have to witness her husband getting eaten alive if she didn't try and feed that dog really. So yeah. Uh, It actually annoyed me when they walked back into the house. They didn't close the door. No, they made such such a point. point Yeah. The door being open. Like she like turns around and looks at the open door and they, they found the open door. Come on. The dog might come in. (laughs) Moonlight man might come in. And similar to that too, there was so much emphasis on her ripping the tag off her dress. Yeah. I was waiting for that too. The handcuffs clinking and then the water being put on the bed. I feel like there was such emphasis on all three of those things. The tag, like, the tag specifically, and then I was thinking like, what the hell is she gonna do with the tag? Because when 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 as soon as she got um, handcuffed and got stuck, I was like, well, the tag's there, but I'm like, yeah, but what's the tag gonna do? Like, yeah, you, you I can't think like in the Jimmy book, it I think in the book it was something different too. Yeah, it wasn't a tag. Too, yeah. Even when she, similar, though, yeah. even when she got it for the water, I'm like, why are you getting the tag for the water? Yeah. If you're making it a straw, I'm like, how are you making that into a straw? Like. <laughs> I still don't get what you're doing. <laughs> Didn't know anyone else at the bedside tables were weirdly far away. Well, yeah. Like, like, the idea is it's on your yeah. bedside. <laughs> like, my bedside table at home, I reckon, is like, you know, a few centimetres away from my significant gap between yeah. the bed and the bedside. Anyway. And then once Jess realises that Gerald's dead, the camera just like, there were these multiple cuts of these zooms, like the bedroom, the house, the street. It was just a nice isolating sort Yeah, just setup. showing yeah, how isolated she was. and Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I laughed when the dog first comes in and goes, oh, are you a rescue dog? I thought that, I thought that was yeah. I was like, oh, that's funny. And then, yeah, and then a couple yeah. of seconds later, rips the arm off. Rips I'm like, the arm. <laughs> no, just, just a hungry. I really dog. liked too that the the vision of Gerald, he goes, oh, um, the only person who can hear you is Cujo over there. And I was like, that's such a cool King reference yeah. as the, I was watching. The reference to Cujo, despite that one being quite obvious, was so... So ridiculous throughout. I was like, this is could not be more of a reference to Kuno <laughs> the whole time. Even Stephen King writing the book is probably like taking the piss. In the flashback, I really felt this sadness when um, Jesse's standing there in the hallway listening to her mum and dad fight, and the mum's like talking her down, saying, you know, she's, you know, of course she wants to stay back with you, daddy's girl, and mm. you're such a nuisance. I was thinking and, it was a stepmom. I was like, this is yeah. just an awful way to talk about your daughter. And then when 
the family go out on the water and then he's on the bench over there and he's like compliments her dress I've literally gone out loud oh no yep. I, that was it clicked for me then and I, I don't know maybe you guys clicked earlier but I was just like oh this is not going to be no, good no it was pretty similar time yeah mm-hmm. I was deeply I don't know if, is that your good scene I, I just I, I was just because I worked I was uncomfortable yeah. with because I worked out what was going on I, yeah. I liked that I didn't pick on that earlier because it just got a little bit too much and even before he did what he did there were like six or seven lines yeah where like, you're oh, like oh dude, oh, dude stop no it. Stop just it. let's not go here no <laughs> I did like the scene where um, later on they're sitting around the dinner table and the dad goes and touches the baby bump and then she just loses it and mm. smashes that glass and obviously that's got that good <laughs> connection to what yeah. she can do now but I did like that and then there's all these references to blood too, which some of them were a bit gross, but I did like, you know, they was talking about, you know, I was when you got your first period and these mm-hmm. types of things, but I did like that when she does get her wrist off to wrap it up, she uses the pads. So I was like, it's this, oh, yeah, true. it was like this connection. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was <laughs> the idea that you just said gets her wrist off is just crazy. Isn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, she, like peel her skin back like a glove. <laughs> and last thing you briefly mentioned before, I liked there were these quick little shots at the end where it was like, um, the cut of the wedding ring and the handcuffs with the dad and it was like this, yeah, this tr- entrapment. Sort yeah. Of All right, what didn't you like, MJ? Um, no, nah, the two the two main things for me were the cutting of the wrist, which again I could appreciate. And I, <laughs> yeah. But I just had. A lot but of, I can also definitely see how you don't. It, like it would that be remiss of me not to bring it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I had a lot of trouble watching it. Um, and seeing with her daddy uh, was dreadfully uncomfortable. Mm. But yeah, and just in general, I, I the flashbacks of her life, as I said interesting character study felt really secondary for me in a situation where I was I was kind of invested in her in that room getting out I know it was all important but none of it was giving me ways to get her out mm. apart, from, <laughs> apart from the fact that she thought about the glass yeah. actually it really bothered me when she did have that water at the end and break the glass that she didn't at least finish the water yeah <laughs> I'm like you know what finish it first. it's going to take you five seconds to finish that water and then you're going to get a bit of a which you couldn't no, she had the straw still. The straw. Yeah, but that straw was useless now. It was absorbed the water. We just <laughs> I would have given it a go. Nah, it, was, it was a cup. It bothered me. I was fine. getting like, I was getting <laughs> heavy duty straw. watching it. <laughs> Heater. Um, oh, so we talked about just the the end part, and um, yeah, just the, the the big one for me with her dad was after the eclipse one when they're in the bedroom and he's kind of talk. He's like talking to me. You know, it's not your fault and kind of whose fault it is. And I'm just like, just you are manipulating, and it's just so bad. And I just. I just wrote down a bunch of swear words that I won't repeat. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just thinking about a dad in that situation, I'm just like, oh, mate, you're just, yeah. No, nah, that was just really uncomfortable kind of scene. And like, it just got really angry with what he was then saying to her afterwards Yeah, about about like, kind of whose fault, like, who's fault and not fault it is. I'm just like, nah, mate. And they did a good job setting that up because it was like she was trapped in the corner. She like yeah, slowly exactly. stepped away. And, and then the he comes and yeah. sits down. It's like, mm, nah. Yeah, predatory. Don't, um, like, don't like you, mate. The only thing that I sort of wasn't a massive fan of, like I've already mentioned, was that Moonlight reveal, Moonlight Man at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I get you got to stay true to the book, but... You don't have to. You certainly yeah, don't have to. He, he, Mike Flanagan said that he liked that part of the book. He was one of the people that liked it and said he never considered not doing it. I think they changed it a little bit. I believe that she writes a letter to one of her friends that is never referenced in the film. So they make it out like she's writing a letter to her younger self. Um, but there were a few little things that they changed. Um, so he still had creative license to do what he wanted yeah. with it, but he felt that to be important. Cool. There was, sorry, one more. I missed yeah, out. I'm not sure if I just missed it in the movie. Did she ever have to go to the bathroom or ever talked about going to the bathroom while she was handcuffed to the bed for, it seemed, a few days? Didn't come up. Oh, was it, there only one night, though? 
Did I only go dark once? Uh, I can't remember, but it just seemed like... I'll just kind of sit there for a while going... Sure, you've got it. Because that you didn't drink much. Because yeah. that was that was the whole thing, though. Like the yeah. moonlight man, he you know his footprints there. Yeah, but he's coming back tonight. Yeah. That was kind of the thing. So I think she only slept for one night. Okay, and it was probably late. It was like five o'clock when they. Yeah, actually, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, I'm, I'm okay with but it. Yeah, no, I'm just like, oh, well, I'm just like after a while, I'm like, sure, you've got a piece soon. She might have sure. pissed herself. She may have, but it just wasn't kind it of. It wasn't a great scene. Pointed out to. Uh, yeah, here's a scene where she pisses herself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's, it's a good question. Though. Um, themes well, this film was saying quite a bit the overwhelming theme of the potential for men to have a truly toxic impact on a woman's life mm. and, and dealing with that male perversion yeah um, and how it how it impacts her yeah like Whereas the trauma it leaves on her for kind of the rest of her life husband and daddy didn't bother them mm. that was just them being them but it was everything to her so survival Survival. Obviously, yeah, obviously yeah, like, you yeah. know, being able to survive in conditions, marriage mm. is like, what does it take to make a marriage work? Because, you know, and they constantly ask these questions between each other, you know, what does it mean? And like, did lying or, or deceiving from the truth mean that they were okay or not? Or well, he was cheating on her as well, wasn't he? And, you know, she obviously hadn't told him about the eclipse. So he, he was a bit shocked when that story had come out in the, in the visions, mm. um, and you know they yeah, these secrets and marrying that someone who reminds you of your dad like yeah. is that something that happens it's fine it's nothing wrong with doing it if your dad's a positive influence on your life yeah exactly Yeah, it's that feeling of being trapped isn't it yeah. Yeah. this is all I know so I better yeah. go around and do it again mm. and that's a lot to do with parenthood mm. or fatherhood that's the impression that you leave on your kids is how you are and if you think if they think that this is how you're supposed to live your life good or bad mm. that's what you do um uh, the mental stability when you're you're in this fight or flight situation too, like obviously that was the whole film pretty much this this inner or this listening to your inner self. Yeah. How much do you listen to your inner self in life? And obviously she hadn't done that too often before. She had no other choice, did yeah. she? Uh, fear of death too. Do I, do she was she was fearing yeah. death the whole time. Yeah. Um, overcoming this trauma from the youth we've spoken about. But the mm. last one I thought was really interesting was this light versus darkness. Oh, yeah. And it was through the eclipse. The, the eclipse, it was always competing throughout. So I was like, she feels safe in bed during the day. Well, not safe, but better than she does at night because the night she's got the fear of the moonlight, man. This is, this is great. But then at the same time, like, and I thought it was... Everything I, went wrong in her life when that eclipse happened. So when it went dark, correct. that's when things turned. Exactly. When it was dark, that's when bad things happened. And then mm. the final scene or the final shot is her walking down the street into the sunlight. So mm. finally, she's got that light in her life. Which I thought was really like I, th- I thought that's that a, last shot was a really, really good, good point. Yeah, really good. And the mm. eclipse, well, and then the, go straight into the credits, and all the letters were all in those weird eclipse yeah. sort of things. So I think that light darkness sort of thing was a massive it's a really good sort point. of thing. Because she was irrationally scared of the dark. Yeah, and that that's because of that. Yeah, exactly. Event, yeah? And you can even see that through a few towards the end, a few of her dream sequences, like when um, she actually gets out into the car and drives off. And she falls asleep. Yeah. You've got that red haze because it's like she's visioning that eclipse again because she's in this yeah, car and she doesn't know she's going to get out of the car. Yeah. So she's feeling unsafe even though she's passed out or asleep. And then like, you know, the the moonlight man or, or death at that situation is like in her ear and whispers that mouse. Was it mouse? I think he whispered mouse. mouse. In her ear. Yeah, yeah, it was mouse. mouse. And it's like, dang, she wakes <clears> up. So yeah, yeah these eclipses. And then she has a couple of visions too where she's with her younger self and it's got that red tinge as well, which mm. is like showing mm. you. In this, the moment. Yeah. 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 It's a really good pickup. I like that a lot. Yeah. Cool. Well, what do we take from this film? I think it's worth noting 
it's always really tricky when you're switching between what's real and what's not. And that really bothered me at the start when she got out of the bed. She yeah. like squeezed through the handcuffs and got out and then she wasn't out. And I was like, don't be doing this the whole time. Yeah. Like it's a few times it was a bit. Don't take your creative license that you can do it because she's struggling a little bit because yeah. it, it, it was tricky as a viewer mm. to believe anything. Um, and the but balance good was, because it gives like how she was feeling. She didn't know what was real, and what wasn't. Yep. And I'll I give you that. And that's, and that's, a difficult thing to, to convey and he did that extremely well, well. Yep. but he did that well just with anyway with the um, her talking to herself and her talking to her husband and that was that was really good but I don't know it started when you start questioning everything and going is this real is this yeah. actually happening it's, it's a hard way to watch a film yeah so. I agree hmm. um, yeah. it's a bit long in the end I think we spoke before kind yeah, of like she's like, handcuffed kind of 10 minutes in maybe it's an hour 40 I just felt like after, maybe probably halfway through the movie, it was kind of like, okay, what, what's happening here? Let's pick it up. I just, yeah, I thought it was probably a bit long in the well, end. Well, that's when it really picked up on the backstory stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which again, I think like you said, I was more focused on how she was going to get out and see more of that. So I was just like, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's getting a bit long. If I had I my way with this film, I said I would make, I would make the Moonlight Man a genuine threat and make yeah. him feel real. And it, the movie's entirely different. Mm. Oh yeah. I think I would yeah. enjoy it a little bit. I, th- I thought, because... Throughout watching, I was like, that's death. And I felt death was real. So even though it wasn't the Moonlight Man, I felt death was real for her. Yeah, That right. she was going to die. So I feared mm-hmm. him coming because I thought that death was coming for her, not the Moonlight Man. Yeah, I didn't think of him as death. I just thought of him as like this weird, irrational fear of, of the dark. But maybe that would have been... Maybe that's because I was listening too much to what Gerald was saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. See, see. And he was literally saying, this is death. This is death yeah. coming. Yes, that's what I, I, I was kind of like, oh, that, that's her vision of the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's who I thought he was. I wanted to feel like she was in danger. Like, obviously, she was in danger yeah. to an extent, but I wanted to feel like there was there was more danger around because I never felt worried about the dog. Really? I think oh. you were supposed to. I, I, I'm worried about that dog. I think, to be honest, I felt like that already formed some sort of bond, the two of them, because she gave him the food at the start. But then you wake. she wakes up one time and he's on her arm. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't feel like, yeah, until she would have passed out or had, yeah. had nothing left and the dog would have gone, but I don't think he would have got her otherwise. Yeah, I, I kind of same thing. I, I never thought it was a risk while she was sitting there awake. Like he yeah. wasn't going to jump her and attack her. Um, yeah, like once she was asleep maybe, but yeah, I, n- I never thought she'd be sitting there and like watching him go and now mm. he's going to attack. Yeah. I'm sort of the opposite. You know, I thought it was really well paced for a film mm. that literally had two locations. Mm, okay. I didn't get bored or sit there going, oh, keep going or anything. Like mm. I just thought for a film that literally yeah, didn't have a lot of big set pieces or anything like that, I thought it was pretty well paced. Okay. Yeah, I, I struggled with the pace a little bit. Mm. I probably would have seen this at the cinemas too. Yeah, it would have been better. It would have been better. When Stephen King films come out at the cinemas, I go see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I get that. The only reason I waited on this was because it was on Netflix. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, there you go. Maybe the model doesn't work. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. Uh, IMDb? I think they're doing all right, Netflix. I think they are. Should we look at some IMDb? Yeah, I I ashamedly did uh, IMDb, Carla. Well, remind our audience, what do we do with IMDb? So, I mean, every time you watch a film, there's just times where you're on IMDb because you want to check that... Who's that person? Where's that person from? Why, why do I recognize that face? What do you want to know? IMDb mm. is chock full of information. But I IMDb'd her very early on. Um, 
and found out that she's in tons of things. I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? Yeah, she's she's Amanda in Entourage, which again, I forget, when I read that, yeah, I'm we, like, who's Amanda? But he, yeah, we he spoke about that. Yeah. She's Lucille from Sin City, which I think I yeah. almost remember that more. And then she's, she's the, the Rock's yeah. wife in San Andreas, which is probably the most uh-huh. recent yeah. thing I've seen her in. Yeah. I've never actually watched the full um, film of Sin City because I fall asleep every time I try and watch it. Do you really? Yeah, what is of, wrong with you? One of those films that I, I, I don't know, I just fall asleep. Peter I reckon, and I, reckon, I are massive advocates <laughs> of I reckon, City. I reckon we've watched it together like at least three or four times. We have. We have. I need to try and get through it. Please do. It's like The Notebook. The Notebook, I'm... Very different film. First five minutes, I'm asleep. Quite, quite different. different. <laughs> yeah, no. Me and MJ are big on Sin City. Yeah, oh, good. I'll come, I'll come over one night. I've got it on Blu-ray. Watch it, and I'll mm. keep you awake. Drink a six pack of V's, and I'll be set. It's a long film. It is a long film, yeah. but it's it's a great awesome. film, though. Hita, did you use IMDb? Uh, mine was also for Carla Gugino, but I mean, I also um, kind of knew she was Amanda from Entourage and things. So I was just more kind of like, what else has she been in? Because I actually watched San Andreas like a couple of weeks ago as well. So I was like, oh, I've right. seen her in recently, and I remember her from like ten years ago and these things. So kind of, what has she been in before then? She, I think she's been in about four films of The Rock now. Which mm. I didn't realise, but on, yeah, I'd do that too. Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I was just going, kind of going through and seeing some other films that she'd been in. Really cool. I I just looked up Bruce Greenwood because I know I always you think he's the guy from Avatar. Yeah. <laughs> I always stuff up every time and go, "Oh, this is the guy from Avatar." And I'm like, "Oh no, he had Pike in the Star Trek movies." But yeah, I just wanted to make sure he wasn't in Avatar. He does <laughs> look like the guy from Avatar. I don't even know what bit. that guy's name is. No, but, but the guy in Avatar is a lot older. Okay, well, we look Bruce Greenwood. No, I know, yeah, and that's that says a bit. All right, have you guys got any questions for each other that you want to ask? I asked it. Why didn't she drink the water? <laughs> nah, I, I'm good, um, man. What do you got for us? I almost felt like the dad had done this behavior before, the way he was on the bed talking that through with Jess. Felt scripted, didn't it? Yeah, it felt like he'd done this before. And I know she makes this deal about, you know, Definitely. a child's thing wasn't to protect her sister, but she had to do that. Mm. So I have that question... I guess is towards the end when she's writing that letter to herself and then she goes to, there's like that vision where she's with her younger self and her younger self's writing a letter to. Okay. On the bed. Hmm. What letter as a younger kid, was she writing a letter, an anonymous letter about her dad, about what he'd done to protect her sister or. Okay. I Like I just had these questions. I didn't know. Yeah. Cause I like, I get why show that scene where they're going back to her younger self, where her younger self's writing a letter to. And there was this mention of, you know, I needed to protect my younger sister. Mm. I just I don't know what as what a that, child she was writing about. What's that letter in it? Mm. It's an open yeah, question, okay. I guess. Yeah, I don't have an answer Good to that question. because to be honest, I don't remember it. <laughs> yeah. uh, the only other thing, do you think that Jesse was strong? I think it was in her. She ends up strong. That you reckon the end she's yeah. strong? Yeah, because she, she confronts that. Yeah, I felt it a little bit forced. I felt it. You got to be strong to do what she did to get out. Yep. Yeah. True. Her confronting the Moonlight Man in the courthouse is like the final. That's like mm. a big hoo ha. This is yep. my. This is how much I've changed. Scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and yeah, that, she she had the inner strength that she needed to get out. She was like, almost to, to come. That, that they came out towards the end. Her like ripping her wrist off is almost stronger than what that Jesse number two was trying to do. Because even mm. Jesse two is kind of like, oh, I don't know if she should be doing this. Yeah, <laughs> true. So it, she she kind She's of strong in the end. Went went above and beyond. Good. All right. I've, time to wrap up. I'll give you a little dog update. Oh, so, oh, yeah. Sorry, this film had a dog in it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do like to update the boys when um, I have two dogs and when they 
get a bit agitated with what's happening on the screen. Uh, I think as this is a Netflix show, I want people to understand that your dog might be a little bit of an issue with this. So fortunately, the dog in this film didn't really try and steal the limelight from anyone. It wasn't yeah. making a big hoo-ha about anything. So Todd, my dog, was a bit growly. Um he never quite lost it, but he was very alert and he was aware that there was a dog on the screen that I think he wanted to play with. But he didn't get any any ideas. He didn't try and leg at all. <laughs> there was no flesh. No flesh was being. Oh, that looks tasty. Maybe I'll try that. I was going to say he might have jumped at the screen with that meat at the yeah. start. Of the film. Yeah. He's been a lot worse. So it wasn't, it wasn't a bad result. When I saw a dog, I was like, oh, come on, it's not Cujo." <laughs> all right. <clears throat> Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap. We go around and we give a rating out of five, and then we add it up to give an overall average. Heat up, kicks off. What did you think? So it was a pretty good film, I thought. A great performance from Carla Gugino, but I just wasn't a fan of the ending. The last 10 minutes kind of left it on a bit of a sour note for me. Uh, still give it a three out of five. Three out of five. Awesome. MJ? Yeah, I found the film a lot more interesting thinking about it, talking about it, than actually watching it, which isn't a bad thing, but. I think a rewatch would probably result in a more enjoyable experience for me. So despite my intrigue in the premise and my appreciation for the performance, I found it dragged a little bit and the flashbacks of her life whilst we're an interesting character study felt secondary to her current situation, which is what I was more invested in. So it's two and a half stars for me. Okay. Uh, To me, I'm not a massive horror film fan with like the jump scares. I don't like sitting on the edge of my seat being like, oh, when when am I going to get scared? So to me, this... This is, to me, how you make a good horror film. Not through the jump scares, but through the sheer horror of being trapped. And, like, not just physically, but mentally as well. And that's, to me, like you said, it's like a character study of of her and how she was trapped. And, you know, this is about the wrongs of others on one person. And this one person being able to overcome that and get there at the end. Even though I did have a little bit of issue with that Moonlight guy, I'm giving this a four out of five. Oof. Bit of a... Yeah, wow. difference today. So, Hida, what does that give us as an average out of five? Uh, 3.17. Okay. Out of five. It's fair. Sounds like a different sort Sounds of fair. number for us. Mm. So, we are on social media. We've got uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We are at Flix Forum, and we pop up a question on there for you guys to contemplate and answer. This one, I just I want your guys' thoughts. Cool. What's your favorite Stephen King book or film? I loved reading 112263. It's a big read. It's a huge read. I think maybe that's why I felt so satisfied with my <laughs> investment in it. Didn't like the adaptation, oh, the miniseries cool. adaptation, yeah. just because I thought the book was much better. so much better. Um, and what was the other one? Favorite Stephen King film? Oh, one or, 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 even like, though even like it's Stephen not King really a Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> Stephen King hates it. <laughs> well, I'm done with it anyway. It's well, funny because Stephen King, the, show, the book is really good and the movie is really good and they're both different. so different. Yeah. Like, they're just, it's like two different things. Yeah. I've, I said in our intro that, or our intro episode, oh, that Shawshank Redemption yeah. is my favorite King film. Also um, a good read. Also a very good read. Very, well, if you're talking about, you get to read the stand, uh, Stand By Me, which is called The Body um, in that same book. Yep. I've read them, I've read them both yeah. and I have... The Stand by Me is also a very good adaptation mm. in the fact that it's it read it sorry it played so much like the book yeah and my favorite King book is it I love it I still haven't done it yet you need to do it how it's, many it's pages huge it's uh, twelve hundred or something yeah. it's huge. Oh, that's a big book <laughs> the the pages in my version are like yeah the Bible. I picked it up it's before like, like the Bible I was like Jesse this isn't that big and I'm like oh you can't even like yes. see the edge of the page <laughs> yeah. oh. all right well yeah, you gonna, we'll, re- gonna read Gerald's game <sighs> yeah I wouldn't mind reading it. I've got a, like 
he's got so many books that it's hard to find time to to read them all. Mm. Um, so yeah, but no, I I wouldn't mind reading it. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll pop that on social media this week. Uh, thank you for listening as usual. Next week we will be looking at a romantic drama from 2017. It's called Our Souls at Night. Mm. Um, it's directed by Ritesh Batra. It stars Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. So two couple of small names. Oh. Well, talk about small names. Redford's back. Redford's yeah. a Netflix specialist. Sure is. So, and I think uh, is Jane Fonda. She's got a Netflix show. I think. I will. I think it's called Frankie and something. I'll look it up before next uh, next sound show. Familiar, but yeah. yeah. But yeah. So anything? we're going to be looking at that next week. So if you can jump on board, watch it beforehand, so we don't spoil it for you. Mm. Come uh, along for the journey. It's been really good having you back, Hater. It has been good having you back. It's been good to be back, boys. Looking forward to seeing you. I thoroughly next week. enjoyed this. Good, and we'll catch you guys soon. See you then. See you, boys. Bye.